Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, everybody, welcome. Here we go again. We got another phenomenal show for you today. We have an excellent guest. It's going to be really fun today. We got Rick Maxa from... Uh, Fisherman's Landing Tackle and Let's Talk Hookup Radio Show with us today. We're just going to go over a few things real quick. We've got to talk about, gang, thank you all very, very much. Spotify, Apple, Megaphone, thank you for all the downloads and all the views on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. I can't thank everybody enough. I am just blown away every single day. And that video that we've been talking about and pushing Hard for the last month and a half. Well, it did it today. It hit 100 million views. One video in less than three months hit 100 million views. Now, I know you get way more views than that on your videos, but we're pretty excited, Elliot and I, and everybody, uh, your saltwater guy, we're super excited about that. We're getting so many views, and it's, and it's all because of all of you. So I just want to make sure that you all understand how much I appreciate everybody watching all the silly stuff I post on a daily basis. Thank you very, very much. And yesterday's show with my beautiful wife interviewing me, that thing is going bananas all over. If you haven't seen it yet, make sure you check that out. But with... Uh, all that to be said, we have a phenomenal show for you planned today. We're going to bring Rick in right now and we're going to start this thing because we got a lot of people here that are excited to talk to you, Rick, and get to know who you are. So come on in, Rick. Let's see what's going on with you, buddy. Hey, good morning, boys. Hey, Rick. Welcome to the show. Thank you very, very much. I think uh, you might want to just try to clean your lens a little bit. You're a little foggy right now. You were super clean a few minutes ago. Okay. But yeah, no worries. Just see if you can hit that, maybe clean that up just a tiny, tiny. Yeah, that's much better. Okay, cool. All right, gang. Rick and I, we go way back. I've yeah. been listening to Rick on the radio since, oh my gosh, since I was a young man. Rick, why don't you, you've been in this fishing industry your whole life. Yeah, kind of my whole life. So... You kind of got your start the same way I did. We kind of got to blame our dads for this. So tell yeah, me a little uh, bit about what your dad did need to get you into this fishing thing. And that way everyone can understand who you are. Yeah, it's kind of, well, thank you. And, and man, I'm honored to be here. And thank you for having me. Uh, you know, you guys are doing a great job and I'm uh, excited to, yeah, excited to come hang out with you. Um, in terms of my story, it, it's just been what I've always done. And uh, I've always loved it. I grew up fishing with my dad and, uh, you know, nothing, nothing special. My dad was in construction and he put food on our plates by swinging a hammer, you know, when he was young. And, um, the one thing my dad was so good about doing, and I respect all the dads that I see doing it. And man, I, I, I hope that I get to do it with my boy, uh, is he never left me at home. Like he always, always took me and we were sport boat guys growing up. And that means dad got to go half as often because he was always buying two tickets. You know, we, we didn't get to go on the boats for free and, uh, you know, later in his construction job, like I'd go on the, I'd go to work with him on the weekends and whatever we would do, we, you know, recycle carpet or he'd pay me X amount of dollars to sweep up job site floors. And then we would use that money to go, to go fishing. And, uh, we grew up twilight fishing out of Seaforth, um, in San Diego. And, you know, we live, uh, we live inland like 20, 30 minutes. So it'd be hot in the summertime and we'd go jump on the twilight boat and it'd be cool. And we'd catch bass and, uh, you know, that we had our own little boat. Uh, we used to fish the bay a lot and then got another little skiff and we used to fish the, the kelp beds. And yeah, I've, uh, I've always done it with my dad and grew up having a great time. <clears throat> and he and I used to listen to let's talk hookup on the radio shows every weekend. We'd get up in the morning and we'd usually put like fishing TV shows on, on mute and then play the radio show. And, uh, that was like our, our weekend routine. And, uh, I got to know Pete through going to Fred Hall shows and, um, you know, and just call, calling into the show and asking questions of, of people like your dad. And, uh, and one, one of the days at the show, their original phone screener was going on vacation and they wanted somebody to be a substitute when he couldn't be there to like answer and screen the phone calls. So Pete asked my dad if it was okay to ask me to do it, knowing that 
you know, I was only 13 at the time. So he would have to be the one to get up on the weekends extra early and get me in the shower and get me driven down there and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and my dad was super gracious always with his time. And, uh, and that's what we did. And so I started answering the phones and the original guy left and I kind of took over for him and it just kind of snowballed from there. Eventually I became the fill in co-host when Pete or Marty at the time, um, were needing a little break. I, I, I do the co-hosting thing. And then when Marty decided to retire, I, uh, I Pete asked me if I wanted to do the, the show full time and, uh, it was the best decision of my life. I think I was 18 at the time and I've been doing it ever since. So I started when I was 13 and I'm 41 now. It's kind of all I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, I'll tell you, it was so fun back in the day when you would come on there with your little, with your voice, all <laughs> young, crackling voice and everything. And when Pete would bring you on, on the show or they, Pete and Marty would ask you a question or about a caller or something. Those, that was some fun days back in those days, man. And for me, Marty Milner was like my hero. Yeah. You know, movie star, actor, one Adam 12. I mean, I watched Adam 12 religiously as a child. So I was tuned in every morning listening to that and thinking, gosh, I wish I was Ricky gets to hang out with Marty every day. Oh my God, how wild is that? It was a really cool opportunity, and Marty was very gracious with his time and very cool. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. The thing I remember so much about that was that was during the Mark Mills, Dana Wharf time, and that's that's when I got to know Dana Wharf sport fishing and, and your whole family, your brother and sister and your dad, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun times kind of getting to just getting to know those guys and be a part of it, and Mills would call the radio show every weekend when he was working in the ticket office selling tickets, and let us know what was getting caught on the sum fun. And, you know, uh, Dana Wharf's always been such part of our family and it's been, it's been really fun to get to be a part of that over the years. Oh yeah. It was fun to listen to you and Mark on the radio. Cause you guys kind of grew up together on let's talk hook up to it yet. And, uh, like Pete calls him Mr. Excitement. <laughs> Mark was so excited every morning to call into the show and talk to you guys. And it was cool to watch all that. I was running the seahorse back in those days. It was pretty bitching. Pretty We've fun. Been, uh, mistaken for each other, uh, voice wise, more than one time. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Oh, look at that! Look at that picture. Uh -huh. that? Yeah, that's the first time we brought the boy down to the show. That's uh, that's Wyatt. That's our our baby boy, who's now uh, now one and a half. Um, and and my wife Dallas, uh, my beautiful wife Dallas, there too. Yeah, you got lucky with that young lady. She loves to fish just like you do, boy. Yeah. Yeah, Dal's cool. Dal's got a lot more Alaska time than I do. Uh, she grew up in Hawaii. Um, her family grew up in Hawaii. And then um, she would go to Alaska and work the summers doing the lodge thing in Alaska. And then when the summer was over, she'd fly back for the wintertime and go work in a surf shop in Maui. And then summertime, fly back to Alaska. So she did that for a bunch of years. Um, and then decided she wanted a change of pace. And not knowing a single person decided... She wanted something that was in between Alaska and Hawaii. So she flew down to San Diego and got a job at Fisherman's Processing. And uh, Fisherman's Processing comes down to the landing and, you know, takes all the orders of the people to fish. And uh, I saw a cute blonde girl one day. And and uh, our first date was at the Tuna Wars thing for uh, uh, Friends of Rallo. And uh, I knew right off the bat, like, oh, I'm going to marry this girl. Oh, my God. What a great story. Yeah. That, is, that is so cool. That – because – you know, the chemistry you guys show to everybody and when she's on the show and when she's talking and there was a little bit of time there where she was answering the phones and stuff. Right. And that, that was so fun. Yeah, sure yeah it was we have, fun for you. We have the best time together. She's awesome. Oh, yeah. And she's so good for you. It just grounds you, brings you down, man. Yeah, brings totally. you right back to where you need to be. You got and it. And I know how much you love being a dad and yeah. how excited you are to start to show Wyatt all the cool things that your dad showed you just like me with my boys. I could not wait to get them out on the water and start showing them all the cool things my dad did because my dad showed me how important it is to be it's, out there on the water and enjoying that. It, it's wild to see how fast they, they grow up. You know, he's, he's one and a half now. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going like, we're not, we're not far from it. He's been, uh, he's been fishing on uh, several trips. Obviously he's not quite old enough to participate yet, but uh uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's gonna, you know, again, hopefully, hopefully he's into it, loves it, but yeah, we're, uh, we have a great time together, man. He's, he's pretty cool. 
Oh, yeah. When you see those pictures, like me, when I see the pictures of my boys with fish and the fishing pole and the whole thing, it just swells my heart and just uh, brings a tear to my eye because I know how important it is in my life where I'm at today at 61 years old. I can think back to the days of my dad and I going, like I talked about yesterday, coming down to the end of the San Clemente Pier and going out fishing with my dad. And I know you have those same feelings and you and your dad, you did some phenomenal trips as you got, as you grew up and as he got older and you guys did Alaska, you guys did talk about a few of those trips. we got a bitching picture here of a big, your dad was with you when you caught the big rockfish, right? Oh yeah, my dad and I went together every year. So uh, Alaska's Alaska's been a very special thing for us. So when I was when I was doing the radio show, um, my high school graduation gift um, was uh, a trip to Kingfisher Charters. I knew nothing about it, and um, Pete, uh, like Pete and my dad and my mom, all got together and you know bought uh, the the trip for myself, and then my dad went also. So. My dad and I went up to Alaska as a, as a high school graduation gift. And, uh, you know, they brought me in on the air and like, happy open up an envelope and read it. And, you know, you're going to Alaska, that kind of thing. And, uh, really special. Uh, so he and I went together and that trip left on father's day. And every year after that, um, my mom and sister and I, for dad, for father's day, we would all, that was his big gift. We would all get together and we'd keep the tradition going. And, uh, we went every single year for, gosh, I think 20 years. Uh, my dad passed away three years ago. We spread his ashes up there in a really special spot right in, in Sitka. And, um, and you know, and now I go with my wife. My son's already been up there. Uh, it's just, it's like a, it's like a really core kind of cool special spot for us. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I've, I've done the same trip now, 23, 23 years in a row. And knock on wood, I'll be taking my boys until I can't go anymore either. Oh my gosh, that's so special. Yeah, I know how special. I mean, I used to hear you talk about the stories when you would come back from fishing up there with your dad. and You could just hear and feel the enthusiasm in your voice of just not so much the fishing, but just being with dad and just got it, man. doing that. It's just the very, very best being. And then you and I, man, all we want to do is do that, show that to our boys and yeah, be a totally. part of that with our kids, which is super special. And I'm so glad that you got to do that. And I can't wait to see you and Wyatt and see <laughs> Wyatt holding up his big cod. Yeah, totally. That one's called a rough eye rockfish. Those are really cool. Um, it's a super deep water rockfish, S- similar to our cow cods. You know, I mean, um, it, it's a slope rockfish, not a shelf rockfish. So they're, they're real deep. Um, but just, man, they get giant. I mean, that, that obviously is a really big one, but I mean, they get, they get far bigger than that even. You know, it's uh, it's not uncommon to to see a thirty pound cod. Um, you know, yellow eyes are the ones that are the most common because guys will catch them in you know more shallow water and they're real common up there. But the the short rakers, they're the they're the ones, man, just giant. And that's what you want. That's like your go to fish when you go up there. Is that what you want? Uh, you want not, you know not really pie? like um. <clears throat> so when we first went up there, it was all all I wanted to do was fish those big giant halibut and catch big halibuts. Okay. And uh, now I, I just, I like it for a different reason. It, it reminds me of fishing with dad and uh, I like the whole experience and it sounds cliche, but I like every bit about it. When, when we first started going up there, I hated salmon fishing. Don't really like eating them. They're not the toughest game fish in the world or anything like that. And now I think they're so bitching. It's, it's cool. They're chrome. They jump around. I mean, they don't pull hard like a tuna, but they're, they're very cool in their own way. Um, and, uh, I, I like shallow water rock cod fishing a lot. Um, yeah, I just, I like all of it. There's some spectacular ling cod fishing up there, right? Crazy. Insane. I got all, it, all of it's really good. Yeah, all, all of it really, really is good. Right. So Dallas, when she comes up there with you, what, what's her favorite fish to fish for up there? Whatever you're fishing for? Or well, literally what you just said, ling cod. That's her thing. Um, okay. She likes jigging for ling cod. Um, so we'll fish, we'll fish in real shallow on some of the shallow reefs, just uh, with calico bass gear, leadhead and swim bait and that kind of stuff, 30 pound spectra and uh, like a five inch, you know, a five inch swim bait, it, it, true, almost, almost not even calico bass gear, like almost spotted bay bass gear. I, I fish with a great buddy named Simon Jacoby. Um, he runs out of Kingfisher Charters, fish with the same guy forever. Um, and uh, his gear is light. I mean, like spotty size, not calico size, like a, a okay. 150 or a 200 size bass reel. And uh, Dal, we were in there fishing shallow water rockfish and she caught a 44 pound ling. Um, huh. 
uh, on a, uh, that was a nice one too. Uh, yeah, she had a 44 pound ling uh, on that, on that gear. She pulled on it for probably a half hour. It was like the, just like one of my most stoked moments. She like, it was one of those typical scenarios too. Like I saw her hook the fish and I'm like, ah, oh, you're hung on the bottom. You know, she goes, I'm not on the bottom. I'm like you're on the bottom. Let me, let me take care of that. And of course, you know, like she goes, I'm telling you what, you know, yeah, she was right. You know, big giant one. Really cool. They're always right. Aren't they? I mean, I hate to say it, but most of the time, yeah, like more than more than not. Yeah. And as soon as we uh, as soon as we understand that, boy, our relationship sure are much smoother. <laughs> yeah, Roger. It's just every once in a while I'm too tired to understand how right <laughs> Kelly is. All right. So you're working at you're working for Pete on the show. And then how did this whole thing happen with Fisherman's Landing? Yeah. So um, you know probably one of the coolest parts about getting to work on the show was I got to, I got to meet everybody. You know, I got to meet all these people that I looked up to so much when I was in the industry and uh, they were always the guests on the radio show on the weekend. And, you know, I'd grab the guy's coffee and I'd answer the phone calls and do all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, one of those people who was a regular guest on the show was Doug Kern from Fisherman's Landing. And it's funny because now, you know, now I'm on the other side of it and, and I do the same thing, but anytime uh, we see somebody that's young and super enthusiastic for it. We, I mean, we try to root ruthlessly. We try to snatch them up, man, as quick as we can. And it's, it's so funny seeing the other side of it now. Like I, I know that Doug was that same way. And I was, I was young. I was probably 14 or 15. And, and uh, he said, Hey man, when you're ready for your first summertime job, you come down, we got you. And uh, so when I was 15, I started working at, uh, at Fisherman's Landing in the tackle shop. And it was just that it was a really fun, uh, summertime job. And I, I did that for high school and college. I'd worked there in the summertime and, um, I, I loved it. And I started doing that a bunch and it originally was just tying albacore feathers and stocking shelves. And then it just was getting to work with the best people. And the landing is, you know, so tight with the boats and, you know, some of the premier captains and crew members and, you know, kind of everybody goes through there. It's a really special place. And, um, there's just so much to learn. And, Doug Kern's about the world's greatest guy in the world to work for. And um, so I did that for several years and, uh, and loved it. And it's, it's all I loved. And I left for a little hiatus and went to work for Western Outdoor News. And I worked for Western Outdoor News thinking that I needed to get a real job. And I did that for like three or four years. And it was, it was great and successful. And, uh, you know, personnel changed up there and I was ready to do something different. So I decided to leave, <clears throat> went back to the tackle store just for a summertime and thought, you know, I'm going to go to work for one of them, you know, I'll go to work for Shimano or I'll work for somebody in the fishing world and just trying to figure out what I wanted. And that summer that I came back, I realized like, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I love this. And uh, so I just, I, I stuck it out more as like a management position. And a couple of years later, I got an opportunity to buy into the business uh, with, with Frank Lepresti and with Doug and, uh, it was the best, easiest decision ever. And uh, that was, boy, eight or nine years ago. And I got another opportunity through, through Frank to turn reinvest again. Um, and, you know, God willing, it'll be what I do the rest of my life. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Hey, so back to when you're working at Fisherman's Landing as a, as a young man. Were yeah. you working in the afternoon, the evenings, or were you working in the mornings? You know, I did a little bit of everything. Um, in the very beginning, it was in the mornings and afternoons because I, I wasn't old enough to drive. So my parents would drop drive me in and drop me off in the afternoons. And I, uh, you know, I was working before I could drive. So I saved up cash. And the day I turned 16, I was able to buy a little pickup truck and I got my license that day. And uh, once I could drive myself, I usually work the nighttime, which is which is where a lot of like the crazy action happens at Fisherman's Landing, you know, overnight tuna fishing. Uh, is so popular where all the guys get on the boat in the evening, they buy all their tackle, the boats go. It's, it's a very electric feeling uh, at night around there. You know, the, all the dock carts go on and all the people, and it wouldn't be uncommon for us to have 10 overnight boats a night, plus the other landings, Point Loma and H&M down the way. Like it was always a busy, like really fast paced thing. So, um, you know, over my years, I've got to do a little bit of everything. Now I tend to be there in the mornings a lot more often it's uh, it's long range. It's kind of sophisticated rigging. It's the big fish stuff. And that, that's what, that's what I'm really super, super into now. So, you know, over the years, a little bit of everything, but in the beginning, it was definitely the afternoons and evenings that I spent most of my time. 
That's what I wanted to ask you, because I'll tell you what, when you, if you have never experienced it, gang, and if you don't know, this thing is the most, like Rick couldn't have said it any better. When you're down there after it gets dark, yeah, and it is the most electrifying thing you can be involved in as far as the fishing industry, you don't have any idea. Anybody, we have a lot of people from Florida and New York and stuff watching the show. This is some, one of the most unbelievable things. Fisherman's Landing with your tackle store. Yeah, the other landings, Point Loma and uh, H&M, they're great, but they don't have the tackle store. So everybody that's going fishing, I don't care what boat, they're all going to your tackle store before yeah, they get on the boat. So it's absolutely electrifying. If you can comprehend, guys, those of you that run six packs or two packs or the things, we have, Rick will have at his tackle store from like six o'clock at night back in the day when the boats left at midnight every at from six o'clock till midnight it was on fire electric the amount of people the chatter the talk the excitement and then boats would be coming in in the middle of this unloading all their albacore or all their yellow fin or whatever it's just the most it's really hard to even comprehend unless you're there yeah feel the energy the energy is incredible and that had to be what hooked you oh there's no doubt there's no doubt it's 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 what i'm like i i joke it's what i'm supposed to do and in those nights there would literally be hundreds of people that would come through and it was the albacore days and they all bought the same thing a pack of number twos a pack of two o's some three eighths ounce rubber core sinkers and 25 pound and that was it maybe some fish traps for the slide or a or a chrome tatty double A, uh, but it was it was the same thing always. Mexican flag feather, there's all rigged up, you know. We used to talk when we, I was when I was 15, like that was one of my jobs was uh, tying albacore feathers, and uh, we would sell so many feathers in a shift that we had this big bar that like hung over the um, over the reel case, and I would rig from when I got there until the people came, and I put them all in the bar, and then rig extras and put them on the counter. And I could spend an entire eight-hour shift just tying a swivel at one end and a number 23 double trolling hook at the bottom end and a zucker feather in the middle and not not be able to keep up with the demand. You know, we'd, we'd sell hundreds in a night. It was a, it was a really special time. That's what I was going to say because we'd get in on the boat. I was working down there, and uh, we'd get in, and we'd all run up to the office to try to make sure that we got our zucchinis. We needed our zucchinis. And then when you guys got the little zucchinis, those pinhead zucchinis, oh my gosh, there was a line. And we would all be, the bosses would send us all running up there. We'd be so dead ass tired. And we'd go, wait a minute, we're on the, we're on the Patricia. We got to get in front of the line here. We need our lures. We got to go. We got to go get fuel. We, oh, it was electrifying. Yeah, absolutely electrifying. It was so fun. It was such a bitch way to grow up. And then you, got the bug and you got hooked and now you're part owner of the greatest yeah. tackle store on the planet earth. There's nothing like Fisherman's Landing tackle anywhere. What what you described is what I think sets us apart from just about everybody else. And, um, and that's what I love so much about it. And it was exactly you when you were 18 going up to get that albacore feather that still happens every day today. And like, that's what we're able to pass along to our customers is Hey man, the crew of the Pacific Queen was just in here and they all bought this Chrome 6X Junior with a treble hook, or they all bought this knife jig. And, you know, I always say like the best mark of any lure is when a crew member is spending their own side money on something. That's like the truest mark. You can take all the marketing you want out of anything. If the crew that's tired and they work for 10 days straight and they're like out of their own pocket buying one thing, that's it. That's the that's the magic thing. And getting to pass that along to our customers, I, I think is what really sets us apart. Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of people, like I said, watching Florida and, and other places in Florida, they sell a lot of tackle, but gang, you just don't quite, it's hard to comprehend this with how many long range sport boats are in the four, the three landings there, Rick. I don't know the number. Yeah, you probably, probably just, just around there. around ten, I would say, maybe a couple less than that. Long range boats, and then the rest of the boats. There's probably another thirty. Oh, at least, yeah, probably more than that. Okay, and just think of all those boats leaving at right two or three hour time zone. Like some are leaving at six, some are leaving at nine, and the rest are in the middle. All those people in your tackle, think those of you that own tackle shops that are watching this today, 
all those people in your tackle shop every single night, you know, wild. All, most guys that own a tackle store would love to see that many people in their store that year. Think about it in that we always, night. We always joke with some of the, uh, some of the guys, if there's a, if there's a delay, who knows what it is. Uh, they're waiting for a part for a backup for the generator, or they're waiting for their food delivery. And, you know, if the boat's there for an extra hours, you know, we all do what we do. We're fishermen. We're, we love playing with tackle and buying stuff that we don't need. And uh, the guys will come in the shop and be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's going to be another hour. Like, you know, go ahead and give me that spool of fluorocarbon. I'm going to take that after all. <laughs> and we always joke with them that we pay the boats a little extra to keep all the guys there for an extra hour so they buy some more fishing tackle. Obviously, it's not the case. But, yeah, we're all, we're all sick with the same disease. We all, we all love it. We, we, we joke with our customers all the time. Like, man, don't, don't feel bad that you bought that impulse item. Like, we all do the same thing. Like, I'm, I'm around there every single day and uh, it's what I do for a living. And still on the departure day, I, I buy one more knife jig. I buy an extra flat fall. I buy one surface. You just, you, you just kind of can't help it. It's what we do. Hey, Elliot, talking about, we're going to jump back into this for a minute, but talking about that Alaska thing and everything, let's just show this quick video from Larry real quick. And then Rick and I will jump back in here and talk some more. So if you guys Hey guys, Larry Hansen, founder of Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance here. So I do a quick video and uh, talk about what uh, Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance does. Uh, we do we do a few things, but uh, mainly we provide bucket list style trips, plus everyday type fishing trips at affordable prices. Plus we have an alliance, a club where you can join and travel to, to destinations all on a wholesale basis. Uh, right now our locations include Gustavus, Alaska, uh, where we do salmon and halibut and shrimp and crab and rockfish and lingcod. Uh, we do, uh, in Mexico, we do San Quentin, we do Gonzaga Bay, we do Bahidas Angeles, we do La Bocana, we do, uh, we do uh, Abriojos, and I think I mentioned Mag Bay as well. Uh, we're also in the process of purchasing a long-range boat here in San Diego. Uh, trips from one day to, to ten days and all the way down to Mag Bay, so that's in the process right now. Uh, we have our own full-service uh, travel booking company that we've uh, built that uh, we can help uh, members and guests uh, book, book their travel. Uh, we have... Uh, Deals cut with major tackle manufacturers for tackle discounts uh, to do that. Uh, we also have a bunch of condo inventory that we've acquired. It allows our, our, our clientele to go out and book condos all over the world on a cost basis. So that's kind of in a nutshell. I just wanted to talk about those, those things real quick. We, our company's motto is we believe in fishing the best locations at the best time of year with the best gear for the best results. You know, we won't fish anything in the off season when it's cold and windy. So if something interests you guys, you know, please email or call us. Uh, we'll give you a much more detailed explanation. Again, Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. I'm Larry Hansen. I'm the founder. Uh, my, my cell phone number is posted all over our website. Uh, or you can send me an email. Uh, I always answer all of those. Thanks for watching. Hope to see you guys fishing soon. Hey gang, you can enter through here through the QR code Elliot just threw up on the screen. You get a discount from your saltwater guide by checking out Larry and giving him a call and letting him know you're part of your saltwater guide and he's got some cool promotional things going on. You can go check it all out. You'll be blown away with what's going on over there at Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. So back to what we were talking about, Rick, about how exciting it is down there at night, what's going on down there in the landing. And then you get in in the morning now, and you're just blown away with all the stuff that you just, when you look at the shelves, when that bluefin's biting, it's pretty unbelievable, huh? Well, so yes. So last year, your description would be perfect. Uh, we would come in in the morning and the shop would be a wreck and the boys would do as good a job as they could putting it back together after all the boats left. And the morning time would be, you know, get the shelves stocked up and get ready for the long range guys. Traditional morning time is the, for us, the, the Liberty and the Dolphin go on the half day and the full day trips. Um, then you got like a little window of time to kind of get the store ready. And then all the long range boats return from their trips, um, drop off their passengers and their fish. And then the next groups, you know, come through and buy their gear. They jump on the long range trips and they go. And then you got a breather until the afternoon and then the evening when it gets crazy again. Well, now that we're in this bluefin cycle, uh, where a lot of our fishing is being done in the dark and at nighttime, uh, the day and a half trip uh, tradi of traditional departure 
still very popular, but what has superseded it is the standard two-day trip or the three-day trip. So having an earlier in the day departure has now become a slightly more ad advantageous because if you have a, a an earlier to midday departure, you can be on the grounds for the dark, which has become the more productive time to be there. You know, a, a traditional overnight trip, you leave in the dark and you come home the next day. Well, if you could leave in the morning and be in the dark and then stay the entire day in the dark, you now almost have two productive, you know, windows. Um, so we're seeing a lot more daytime departures. So a lot of those day and a half trips are now two days and three days. So the morning times at the, at the landing have just been wild because you'll have all of the long range boats, plus a lot of the big hitter, you know, the, the Tomahawk and the Queen and the Pegasus and the, you know, all those, you know, the Islander and, and the searcher, like all those guys are now in that morning time too. It's, it's pretty wild around there, but it's, it's what we like, you know, we like that high energy and big time and, um, we, you know, we're very prepared for it. It's, it's a, it's, you know, managing a lot of inventory and, but we've got, I mean, people say this all the time. We really do. Like we have the best crew. We have the best crew in the business. We're only as good as our guys behind the counter. And we, you know, we're very selective on who's there and, you know, for retail shop people behind the counter, it, it's not super common. And most of our guys have been there 10 years, 15 years, seven, eight years. You know, I mean, a lot of our guys have been there for years and years and, you know, we're a fishing tackle store, but you know, they have medical insurance and a 401k and we pay, you know, we pay a little extra money, but we have the best crew in the business. And that's why we're able to deal with all the people and everything. Cause we just got really good guys. We got a really good team. That, that, is, that I can back you up a hundred percent on that because it's such a strong team in there and they have to be in there. Like you said, Doug, was excellent yes. at picking the guys that can have hustle. You got to hustle. There's no, yeah. oh, I'm on my phone hanging out. Oh, yeah. Like you see a lot. You don't have time for that there. That doesn't, doesn't work. There's no time for that, gang. You don't understand. If you work in a tackle store and you got time to lay around and sit on your phone or do stuff, well, that doesn't happen at Fisherman's Landing Tackle. There's so many boats and so much going on. And then Really, like I was saying before, you are handled. The other two landings have a small little tackle, but they don't have what you guys have. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from oh, No, they yeah, totally. They do a great but job. It's just different. It's at a different level when you walk down the walkway a little bit. Yeah, just, we, uh, we, we have had it happen plenty of times. I mean, if you... If you're on a flight and your gear got lost or got stolen, I mean, you could be you could be leaving on a 10 day trip that morning and walk in the store with nothing. And, you know, moments later, you could walk out with every rod and reel and spectra and connections and everything, everything you need to do any type of fishing. We're a saltwater only tackle store like that's our specialty. And yeah, that's what we, that's what we like to do. My good friend, Pete Grosbeck, he doesn't buy and he runs a lot of really nice yachts. He's been in the industry for a long time. When he gets ready to put together a yacht package, he calls Rick. Yeah, we have a good time. I mean, you see all the stuff comes straight out of Rick and Rick can put together. All you have to do, gang, is think about this. When you're going to go target something, you can basically go tell Rick, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do this and this and this. Can you put together the rigs for me? You can trust that he's going to put them together and you're going to get the very best of what you need to have to go. And then another thing you were talking about before is the knots. You did a whole series of knots for me on the website because think about what Rick was saying. When he was 15 years old, you know what he was doing? Yeah. Tying knots, gang. And his, how many captains would have come in there and just literally – for lack of a better word, beat your butt. Oh, yeah. Knots came untied when we were albacore fishing because some days it would be one jig strike. And if you come back with a curly cue, we're going right straight up to the office to talk to Rick. That's that's the thing. Like failure for us just isn't an option. And, and it's been it's it's got such a bigger spotlight on it now, because if you one, you can't let that happen, period. But if you let it happen and it was one of a guy's nine albacore, that's one thing. But if it's his 200-pound bluefin that he's been fishing two years for and he worked so hard and, and there's a failure, like, we, we just can't, you know. And we've, we've earned so many customers, you know, unfortunately for them from other people having that happen. And then, you know, this is what we specialize in and, and it's, what, it's what we do. Um, I, I want to go back real quick. You were talking about the, the yeah. yacht outfit thing. It's something yes. that I'm proud of. Uh, 
uh, it's, I'm proud of our guys for it too, is we're like, um, we're definitely not a sell a guy, everything we can kind of place. And, and I think that like we earn customer trust over a lifetime for that. Like sometimes a guy will come in with a big boat and you might realize that like, Oh, this could be a, this could be a big sale. Cause this guy would buy whatever, but he doesn't need to have Trinidad's and Talica's, you know, like the level that they're doing it at a uh, pen fathom or a, a Speedmaster or, you know, or back in the day, a pen 500 to 40 was, was going to do everything he needed. And then some, and uh, it's always kind of been our feeling that if you get the guy exactly what he needs and don't oversell him, like you earn that customer forever, they're going to trust you. And maybe they'll buy the farm one time, but a one-time sale doesn't do you any good. If you treat a guy right and sell them the right stuff, you're going to have forever. And when, when the time comes that you do say, Hey man, we're fishing 200 pounders. Like you, you, you do need to buy this one. Like, you know, I'm not trying to upsell you. Like what we're doing right now, you need to buy this reel. They're always going to, you know, if, if you earn their trust and you show them that, you know, you're not just trying to sell them something extra, you're, you're going to have it forever. And they're going to take that advice and know like, Hey man, this guy's not trying to sell me something. He's going to make sure that I got the right gear. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's why I threw Pete Grosbeck's name out there. Cause he's kind of a legend. He's in the IGFA hall of fame. Another guy that buys a lot of tackle from you is a guy named Steve Lasley. These guys kind of got a big name in the industry and these guys trust you with their stuff. That says a lot about you, Rick. We had a really fun one with Laz uh, a couple days ago and you know, Steve well, and this is a pretty typical Steve story. He comes in like a hurricane, uh, super fast. There's a million things going on. His phone's always ringing. And they're on their big world tour and they're fishing at a place in Africa. And he said, this fishery is really cool. There's these fads and these fads hold uh, some uh, really good Wahoo and they catch Wahoo on like poppers and stick baits. He goes, so I'm looking for a rod that I really want to fish a popper and a stick bait on. And I'm like, Hey, check this out. You know, we, this is what we really like. We custom make it in the store and it's eight and a half feet long. And it's, it's this blank and this reel and this rod and combination. And he pulls on and he goes, I love it um build me three of them but i need them in two weeks which two weeks is not enough time and then uh we have a rod builder that uh, works in the store chris latham awesome really really good rod builder he uh he goes i i think i can get it done in two weeks you know for steve and i looked at him and i shook my head i'm like man don't say that so steve immediately goes okay that's perfect i'm out of here oh yeah one last thing i need him to be two piece because they got to fit the plane and then walks out the door and uh, so we had like two weeks to figure out how to make this eight and a half foot bitchin' casting rod, a two piece rod, because the small plane that they were going on couldn't hold a full size tube. And, and, uh, and we made it work. And, you know, it's got, we love challenges like that. And so, yeah, we built Lasley three of these bitchin' stick bait, eight and a half foot, but two piece of the handle. And our rod builder was able to hide the ferrule inside the top of the foregrip. So like, the hypolon basically went over the ferrule. So the rods are two piece, but they ferrule at the handle, which is the part of the rod that stays straight anyways. You know, it doesn't, that, that part's not supposed to bend. So you're not hurting the cast part of it. And then when you deferral them, they, they got under the six foot, you know, length that we needed to be. And yeah, away they go. Uh, that's a, that's a phenomenal story. How cool is that? Love that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh, I know. And there's so many great stories like that of so many people that you put together the perfect package for them and you do make the impossible happen on it on a lot with the other 40 boats that are yeah. leaving in an hour that need their stuff too. Yeah, that's fun. And like you said, Laz walks in like a tornado because he already knows what he wants. Now he's just got to get that out of his mouth and try to relay it to you. And there's 200 people that are calling him wanting to buy boats and fix boats and know what the dope is and where the fish are at. And yeah, he's a, uh, he's, he's one of the very best, man. I love that guy. Oh yeah. And you got two phenomenal customers and him and Pete, they have nothing but high praise for you all the time. Pete That's won't buy a rod. He won't buy a rod. He'd rather not get a rod if he doesn't get it from Rick. He's well, he's my really good bud. And we, we talk a bunch and, you know, and again, like it's relationship like that, that, that we value so much because Pete goes everywhere and gets to do everything. And, you know, we, we, we try our very best to really get the tackle perfect for those guys, but then they go on a trip and, you know, Hey, we caught this and that, and we saw this or that. And we, we get to then, you know, we get to then push that info back to every one of our customers. You know, this guy is not going to get to run a 72 footer out of Costa Rica and go fish the fads, but whatever cool thing Pete and those guys developed, it trickles down to us and we get to share it to a guy that's, you know, going half day fishing or, or whatever it might be. So we're, we're just as good as our customers are. And 
yeah, we're, we're really, we're really lucky to be in the right spot. Well, yeah, that's kind of where I was leading up to that was that then you're going to do the same. You've got the same approach to the guy that just bought a ticket for take him and his son out on the three quarter day boat in the morning out of your landing. Totally. Same approach. You don't look at that guy different than you look at Grossbeck or Lasley. You're looking at them all the same. I was that guy. I was a 13 yeah. year old kid going fishing with my dad. And I remember going into Fisherman's Landing when I was a little kid and seeing the you know, the sit down chair rods and all the big fish on the wall and all that, all that kind of stuff. I mean, they're like some of my earlier favorite memories and for it to get to be my job is really cool. Yeah. It burns into your memory. It burns into your head. Gang, we got Rick for about 20 more minutes. If there's anybody out there that has a burning tackle question that you need answered, you know me, I don't, I'm not that tackle guy. And a lot of people ask me a lot of questions. If you have some burning, you can text that question right there on the show right there on Facebook or YouTube. Elliot will grab it if it looks good and he'll throw it up here on the screen and Rick will do his best to try to answer it for you. But if you guys ever listen to Let's Talk Hookup, every single tackle question, I don't care what captain's in there or who's in there when Pete's in there, Doug's in there, everybody, even Doug, he goes, what do you think, Rick? They all spin around and go, what do you think, Rick? I mean, come on. That says a lot because Doug's been in the industry for a long time, but he asks you all the time because you are on the edge of all the new stuff and the old stuff. Yeah, we're, we're, a, we're a great team. But yeah, we get to see it. And um, a lot of cool research and development comes through our store. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So we work really closely with a lot of the big manufacturers. And, uh, you know, they'll, they're always looking for two cents and they, they try to get everybody. They get guys like you, they get guys that run sport boats. They get guys like us from the tackle store, but yeah, a lot of the new stuff uh, often finds its way through the store. And uh, you know, so maybe we'll get a first look at it or we'll get to say, you know, Hey, when you were building these rods, the previous generation, they were great, but we, you know, we caught all of our fish using a belt and harness then. And so we wanted the butt section of the rod to be a little shorter. So it brought the reel closer to you. So you had more power. Well, now on a sport boat, we're fishing the rail a lot more. And so we want the, we want the grips to be extended back and forth a little bit longer so that I can be farther away from the rod and the foregrip can rest on the railing and I don't got to be hunched over it. And now the rod length is different and you know, the things evolve a lot and it's really fun to get to stay on them. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of innovation kind of comes, comes through there. For sure. It's incredible. What a lot of people don't understand that are watching this back East and stuff. There's a long range fleet that there is nothing like it on the planet earth, the long yeah. range fleet in at Fisherman's landing. And the, the guy that put that whole place together, the legendary bill pool. Sure. And then Frank's kept that dream alive, but what they did was something that no one had ever done before. Just touch on the long range aspect of this thing, just because you and I know and Southern California people know, but we got a lot of viewers back East. Yeah. Long range fishing is something that's really cool and it's uh, it's unique and it's a great destination. And if you're not from here and you love to fish, it's a trip that you should totally come out for. And um, you know, it's multiple days at a time on boats that were purposely built just for that. And it's very comfortable. The boats are big. They typically have state rooms. They have, you know, A plus high level food. Um, they have really nice showers and bathrooms and, you know, care to keep fish. And maybe one of the biggest, uh, maybe one of the biggest things that they have is a huge live bait capacity. And that's one of the things that separates our Southern California fishery so much from other people is the, the use of live bait, the ability to have chum, bring the fish to you, cast live baits at fish and, you know, and catch them that way. And uh, we'd be remiss without mentioning, you know, our bait company in San Diego and in Dana Point, the Everingham Brothers Bait Company. Like they're the they're the reason that long range trips are so successful because we'll get hundreds of swings of of live sardine before every trip, no matter what. Every time, always those guys have got the bait. But um, you basically get on the boat, uh, get all your gear stowed away, and then you have multiple days of going to where the fishing is best, you know, prolific grounds that are far from home and don't get fished all that often. And you're just, you're immersed in it. You know, you do nothing but fishing. You don't, you don't drive back and forth. You don't stay at the hotel room. You don't meet with the guide. It's just, it's all the time fishing 101. And those captains and crew members, they're, they're the true best that there are. There is nobody better to learn from than those guys. And it's a, 
It's a very unique experience. And if you haven't done it, man, you owe yourself to it. It's, it's something that every fisherman needs to do. It's, it's very cool. Right. And they can't comprehend you're on the boat. What's the longest trips they do out of Fisherman's Landing or H&M or Point Loma? These, these days, the longest common ones are 18 days. Um, and an 18 day trip will fish, uh, typically the hurricane bank, which is called the Shimada Seamount. It's like, I think it's five. It's, it's a long way from home. I think it's 500 miles west of Cabo San Lucas. I mean, it's a, it's a long ways out there. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes they'll fish the buffer zone of the Revilla Hejitos and they just do nothing but target giant yellowfin tuna and Wahoo. <coughs> Hold on one second. I'm sure you get asked this question every day in the shop. See what Tim's asking right there on the screen. You see that? Sickness remedy. Yeah. Um, so I think two things, if you are highly susceptible to it, um, there's a couple of things and they're, they're all prescription things. Go to the doctor. Everybody avoids it because that's a, an extra pain in the butt. Don't. It's super easy. N nowadays, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to do this big thing. You can usually email your doctor. Hey, I'm going fishing and I, I got um, seasickness issues. I want to get a couple of things. One of them is the scopolamine patch, which is a little patch. It's a little gel you put on it. You wear it behind your ear. Uh, that seems to be the most effective for people that are highly susceptible to it. If you're somewhere in between, we sell boning. It's an over-the-counter. Meclizine is the uh, is the active ingredient in it. It works for most everybody, but a big thing with seasickness is um, ninety nine percent of the medications for it. They're all preventatives, not cures. So you need to get that into your system and get it working well before you get on it. I think the best step for people that get motion sickness: take your boning um, the day before you're going to go. Take a pill while you're still Bye. on land, a day before your trip. And then the morning of your trip, you take, you know, the, so now the next day you take another one, get that in your system and get it working well before you get on the thing. If you jump on the boat and you start feeling queasy and you pop one of those things in, you're, you're already out. Now, in terms of the miracle drug, the best one I've ever seen, it was a pill and it's unfortunately no longer manufactured. And it was a drug called Scopace, S-C-O-P-A-C-E. And Scopace was, it was the best one I've ever seen. People absolutely green, sick as could be throwing up. Take one of those things, hold it down for 20 minutes and just right back, back to normal. Perfect. Um, the manufacturer has since gone out of business, but it is still available and you have to get it through a compounding pharmacy. I, I knew nothing about this kind of stuff, but through people asking questions like Tim um, and a compounding pharmacy will basically just make a medication. They take whatever the ingredients are. They know what that is and they they put it together in a capsule. Um, so you're going to spend a little bit of money. It ends up being like a few bucks a pill. But, you know, for something that you're not going to take all the time, who cares? So it's a little bit more work. It's called Scopace. You got to see your doctor. You got to get a prescription. Then you got to go to a compounding pharmacy, have them make it for you. But, you know, with a little bit of time and a little bit of effort, I think that's like the miracle drug. Back from that, very easy to get if you're somewhere in between is the scopolamine patch. And if it doesn't affect you often, but you want to go for the, hey, man, better safe than sorry, I like the bonine blue box over the counter. Right. Yeah. And like you said, take it a day before, let your body get used to it. That's what I talk about all the time. But yeah. I know you answered the question way more times than I do down at the shop because I'm sure you get that all the time. I didn't ask Q-Ball to ask this question, Rick, but and I know you're Shimano guy, but he's asking about the Makaira. That question was just up there. Let me be clear. I, I Yes, I am a Shimano guy, but I'm a Shimano guy. You know, on Let's Talk Hookup, we are so fortunate to uh, to get to have Shimano as a sponsor of the show. And, you know, they earn uh, and pay for that opportunity to be a sponsor of the show. And we certainly talk a lot about Shimano. A big part of that is because that's what Pete fishes and that's what I fish on a personal level. With that said, you know, that that stops for after those two hours when we go back to the tackle store. Like I have I always joke with people like I have. I say this in the funnest way, but I don't care what you buy. As long as you're buying something, I don't care what it is. Um, <laughs> and I love the Makairas. I, I think they do a okay. really nice job. Um, they, uh, it, it's a very good reel that, that hits right in the middle of the price point of all of their competitors. What I like about them is they're extremely low maintenance. They have really good free spool and they make a lot of drag pressure. So I'm a, I'm a very big fan of them when it comes to big reels. Um, there's not a world of difference between them. A little bit of it comes down to what you like to drive a Ford, a Chevy, a Toyota. 
And if you ask a Toyota guy, he's always going to tell you that I drive a Ford and I'm always going to tell you that that's one of the problems doing your research in like a chat forum type basis. You're always going to get the opinion of what a guy has. And there's always going to be a slight level of bias. What I really like to do is when a guy comes in and says, Hey, I'm going to fish for big bluefin and I'm looking for a 50 size reel. I'll grab a Makaira 50 out of the case, a Talica 50, an international 50, uh, maybe a Daiwa Saltiga 55, an Acura 50, and we'll lay all of them out and we'll go over the attributes of each one because every reel is going to do some things better than others. Um, and it might be it does all of them better, but it also costs a lot more. And this one costs way less and it's really close to the same. And this one's the least amount of money, but it doesn't do that. You know, and we just kind of go over everything and we figure out what makes the most sense for the guy's budget. And if the pros and cons are right for what he's doing and not for others, like, if a guy's long range fishing, maybe you need a reel that free spool is really, really good. Well, if you're only going to be trolling Mad Max and spreader bars, you don't care how good the real free spools. Sometimes too much free spools a pain in the butt because it wants to loop up on you when you're trying to put the reels back. So yeah, I, I, but to, you know, it's a long winded question, which I, I have a bad habit of doing with tackle general impression of the Makaira. Love them. Great reels. Absolutely. We got our good buddy, Todd Manser saying hi to us. Hey, hey Todd. Legend of the sport fishing industry. Yeah, no doubt. And then Q-Ball, he wants to make sure everyone knows he still fishes Shimano as well, but he has Makairas and he loves the free spool on the Makaira. Jake, we didn't really talk about, we blazed over the show, but every Saturday and Sunday morning, pretty much every Saturday and Sunday morning, you can hear Rick on Let's Talk Hookup. It's a, uh, it's a show that has an app. Just talk about it for a minute. Yeah, Let's Talk Hookup. It's every Saturday and Sunday. It's a very fun mostly all saltwater fishing show. And we have two get, we have a guest from the industry um, every day and it might be a long range boat captain. It might be, it might be your saltwater guide. It might be a lure manufacturer or resort owner or whoever it might be. And uh, <clears throat> we get to talk about fishing for two hours and uh, our callers really are who run the show. I mean, they're, they're who are let's talk hookup and Pete and I are, are just very fortunate to get to kind of keep the, keep the keep the car in between the lanes and our, our callers really decide where we go and they may be asking questions of the guests and the guests might be providing information and yeah every saturday and sunday um there's always catch reports from most of the landings up and down the coast we find out what's going on uh captain dave is on every sunday to kind of give us an overview of what the private boat guys are doing and what's happening with your saltwater guide and it's just a lot of fun it's every saturday and sunday from 7 to 9 a.m and you can catch it on the radio on uh, AM 1090, which is a really powerful signal, goes up and down the coast really far, all the way up to like Central California. Um, but what has really driven it lately, as David mentioned, is our Let's Talk Hookup app. And it's just a, it's just an app on your phone. It's a free download. You don't get any BS, but you're able to listen to the show anywhere that you have a cell or um, or internet. It's just an easy, fun way to participate. And if you miss the show, all of the archive shows are on that way. Like. If I wasn't doing the show myself every weekend, I'd be an archive guy. Like I love having something to knock out my drive home from work. So uh, it's pretty cool to be able to get to tune out when you're dealing with traffic and just, you know, listen to the catch report and find out what's biting and, you know, get some info on some gear and get the latest and greatest. It's a, it's a really cool show and a lot of fun. Yeah. And how long has that show been on the air? We're on our 30, we're working on our 32nd or 33rd year, which is, crazy to think about um you know i've been doing let's talk hookup longer than i haven't been uh i started when i was 13 and i'm 40 and pete was doing it before i was in there so yeah it's in it's the i believe it's in its 32nd year and a lot of us in the industry just like yourself we grew up listening to the show and we still listen i know todd i do jimmy decker pete steve whenever we're around or now at the app we all listen to it all the time because it's just it's our world it's our wheelhouse it's what what do i want to listen to a basketball show or do i want to listen yeah, to a totally. fishing show i'm listening to a fishing show i'm sorry we're lucky now that uh you know satellite communications are so good with our boats because we we constantly get people calling in from the water uh giving an update report you know i mean there's you know, there's no fresher info than a guy calling from the boat and you hear the sonar clicking around in the background. We just caught this. This is where we're at. This is what we're doing. we got a couple spots on tomorrow's trip. A lot of that kind of stuff happens on the show. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, it's a great show. And I mean, 
for you, it's it's like you said, you've been doing it longer than you haven't been. Yeah. And it's a great way to start your weekend, gang. If you haven't listened to the show yet on Saturday or Sunday morning, it's a really fun way to start your morning, have your coffee, listen to what's going on on the water. And I'm blessed. I get to do it every Sunday morning. I just I'm just blown away by the success of the show for so long. Like my father used to say. It's really was, and it still is today, the voice of the industry, the sport boat industry. It's been the voice for a very long time. And my father really, really enjoyed Pete and Marty and you. And he owed a lot of his success. He said it all the time. And Frank would say it too, to you guys, to what you, that, that you're leaving that freeway open. Like you say, you keep the car in the lane, but it's the voice of the sport fishing industry in Southern California. Yeah, well, it's not lost on us. We we know how lucky we are every single day to get to do it, and it's a it's a blessing. And yeah, we love Don, man. He's a he was a, a great part of our show, and uh, I miss him. I miss him every day, and uh, it's it's really fun. We get to we just get to be a part of it. And you know, I, I said it before, but it really is the truth. We aren't. Let's talk hookup. You are, and everybody listening is, and uh, just getting to just getting to corral that for everybody. It's an honor every weekend to get to do. And, you know, it's what you joked and said, man, you know so much about this tackle. So what's, that's just what I live, you know, and I live it every day and I get to, I get to learn about it every weekend on let's talk hook up and get to do all those things. And go back to that picture a minute ago, Elliot, that one. Yeah. Okay. Rick, we're almost done here with time, but look at that's fish of a lifetime. Everybody. Yeah. I don't care where you are. If you're a fish, you know, this fish. And that, that was a, that was a fun one. We were, uh, we were at San Clemente Island outside Eel Point, uh, skipping a yummy flyer on a kite, trying to catch bluefin tunas. And the fish were in relatively shallow. And while we were skipping our flyer, we looked up and saw that guy flagging on the surface, uh, swimming along the surface and, uh, pulled the boat out of gear, wound the kite in, wound the yummy flyer in and slid up to that thing and threw a mackerel at him. And, uh, and he was, he was an eater. He, he wanted to eat right away. First cast, ate the bait, um, got it, hooked the fish right off the bat. He squirted a bunch of line off, came up, made a bitch and jump right next to all of us. And uh, it was myself and my two buddies, Blake and, uh, my boat partner, Neil, and, uh, squirted a bunch of line off the reel. We got him back to the boat. I mean, pretty darn fast, maybe in uh, 15 minutes or so. And we were dumb and young and we, we put all the gaffs that we had into him. And we just about got him on the boat after having him on the hook for 15 minutes. And the thing <laughs> absolutely downloaded on us and uh, ripped off one gaff, got the gaff back in him, broke another gaff, ripped back off again. And it was kind of a little craziness. And long story short, it ended with one broken gaff. And he got off the other two and swam a bunch of line off the reel. Uh, we got him back to the boat again in maybe another 20 minutes. Uh, two more gaff shots that were really good. And, and we threw him on board. And he went pretty crazy when he got on board, too. It was a, a 310-pounder that, uh, you know, we'd only pulled on for probably a total of 25 minutes or so. But uh, we got that rope on his tail, and we got that rope you can see around his bill there. And we tied him to the bow cleat and the stern cleat and kind of, like, stretched him out. And, uh, yeah, we did it, man. Surface, surface, cast a macro <laughs> swordfish at Clemente. And then we stayed at the island that night, sleeping on sleeping bags in the deck of our uh, center console there. There was a bunch of Cadillac rigs next to us, big 65-footers. The boats that Dave always runs, watching satellite TV and hanging out in the warmth. And we were heating up a microwave burrito inside of our center console there. But I know we were the only boat that had a swordfish in the kill bag. So we made it pretty cool. <laughs> oh, man, that's so cool. It makes you real warm, too, when you're sitting there. Yeah, we celebrated pretty hard that night. We weren't uh, we weren't that cold. <laughs> That was pretty good. Okay, so look, we're up. I told you an hour. I know you got a little baby at the house and your wife's in the background there. So let's wrap this thing up. How do they get a hold of you? You work at Fish. You own part of Fisherman's Landing Tackle. How do they find out? Where is it? What do you got? You got a website? You got a phone number? What do you got? Yeah, um, saltwatertackle.com is uh, is our website. But, um, you know, it's it's a little more than an information thing uh, right now. Um, I, I would say our social media is probably how you keep up with us the best. Um, Instagram at Fisherman's Landing Tackle. It's underscore in between all the words. Um, Fisherman's Landing Tackle Shop. And uh, the best ways is come down. Come see us. We're at, the, we're at Fisherman's Landing in San Diego. Easy to find. You can call us anytime. Um, all of our information is on all the social media, you know, available stops. But we uh, we specialize in one-on-one customer service, um, whether you're able to come or not. You know, if, you, if you're out of town and going on a long-range trip and you want to utilize the guys behind the counter, 
just call us. And if we need to put the gear together and send it to you, we're happy to do that. We do that all the time, but um, we're easy to find in San Diego, Point Loma. If you're going on a long range trip, you're going to sign up for your trip and write the manifest right inside of our tackle store. Beautiful. And then what are you doing tomorrow morning at seven o'clock? Yeah, we got the radio show tomorrow morning. going to be a lot of fun. Um, let's talk hook up again at seven o'clock tomorrow morning. And it's going to be myself and Pete and Captain Frank Lepresti is our guest. So if you want to talk about true legends, that's a, that's certainly one of them. A guy, guy that worked awfully closely with your dad. And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking fishing and having a great time. If my so voice is sure. that is. Make sure you check out all that stuff. Rick, I want to thank you very, very much. It was super kind of you to do this for me today. And I appreciate everything you do for me all the time. And thank you very much for all the positive words you always have to say. And I can't wait to talk to you Sunday morning on the show. And uh, everybody out there that watched the show today, thank you all very, very much. We had a phenomenal amount of people, Rick. You have no idea. It was just That's incredible. Cool. So. Thank well, you I appreciate you having me. I'm honored to do it. Thanks to you and Elliot for having me. And yeah, it was a great time. I look forward to doing it again sometime. All right. Thank you very much. All right, gang, we're going to get off of here and I'll see you all Monday morning. Monday, we'll have Ju um, Justin and Sonny back on the show, our two guides, giving you a synopsis of what happened all weekend and how many sea bass and yellowtail and halibut they caught this weekend. So tune in Monday with... Uh, Justin and Sonny, and thank you very much, Rick. All right, everybody, see ya. Thanks, guys.